The opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily reflect those of the owner, staff, or management of this radio station. It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright, here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it is an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a really amazing show. I'll be introducing my guest shortly, and I promise this will be a fun and informative hour. It will be great. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I will do this every single week. In the last few weeks, I've rediscovered the benefits of journaling. It can be very therapeutic, and it can also be really enlightening. Personally, I use it to write down my aspirations and dreams and to track my process and record how my day or week went. Yesterday, I was writing, and when I got done, I started comparing it to some of the previous entries I'd written, and I noticed something very, very important. I realized... Uh, I had been, uh, during the last few days, I'd been writing about where I am in my journey as opposed to where I was going, which is much more normal for me. I tend to be a forward-thinking person. But when I realized I was focusing on where I am now instead of where I was going, it dawned on me that this is why I felt somewhat stuck during the last few days. It's very much like trying to drive from Phoenix to Las Vegas, for example, and then discovering that you're taking your eyes off the road. And as you can imagine, when you're driving and not watching the road, bad things can happen. So for me, the big revelation is that I needed to redirect my focus to what I want, where I'm going, and how I plan on getting there. Not doing so means I'm focusing either on the present or on the past. Too much of either one means I'm taking my eyes off the prize. If you haven't written in a journal before, or if you haven't done it in a while, I would encourage you to start doing it. You may be amazed at how critical it is to realizing the goals you have for yourself. With all this in mind, I'd like to introduce my guest. And before I forget, let me give you the call-in number in case you'd like to call in and participate in today's discussion. That number is 866-404-6519. Once again, that's 866-404-6519. My guest this week is Nathan W. Morris, and I've had him on the show a couple of times before. He's such an amazing guest that I wanted to bring him on again. Nathan is an author and co-author of two books, He's appeared on regional and nationally televised programs as a featured commentator, as well as an appearance on the Amazon bestsellers list. Every month, Nathan, Nathan directly influences over 35,000 followers and subscribers through Twitter and, and his website. As a successful entrepreneur, Nathan has provided consulting services to companies large and small, including such names as Toshiba, Sears, Sony Pictures, DreamWorks, MTV Networks, and Nickelodeon. He now focuses on helping individuals, entrepreneurs, and small business owners break out of the rat race once and for all. His latest book is called The Art of Get Getting Money. The Art of Getting Money. That sounds like a fantastic title. We'll discuss a wide range of topics relating to building wealth today. And with all this in mind, here is my guest, Nathan W. Morris. Nathan, are you there? I am. Good evening, Brian. Good evening, Nathan. Welcome back to the show. I really appreciate that you're back. Well, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. 
You're welcome. So uh, the last couple times we were on the show, I had you talk a little bit about your background. And there are some people listening today that maybe did not hear either of the first two shows. So let's just revisit your background real briefly. Tell us a little bit about where, where you've come from and how you got to where you are now. Sure. Um, I guess uh, I guess we'll go back about 10 years. Uh, when I got out of high school, actually, I started a business uh, in the automotive aftermarket industry, and uh, it was just kind of a kind of a thing that I got the inspiration to do after reading Rich Dad Poor Dad, and kind of just getting the idea of oh, you know, I've actually had some entrepreneurial uh, tendencies in the past, and you know, maybe I could actually maybe I could actually you know make money and not actually have to like go to work every day like uh, you know I'd seen so many people do, and um, you know I, it did pretty well. Um, supported myself through college. Uh, did very well actually, and then a little bit later, I got into uh, marketing consulting and doing some big software projects. Uh, some of those clients that you mentioned earlier—that's uh, pretty much where those people came from. Um, did pretty well, uh, made it into the six figures well before my mid twenties, and that was you know a, an accomplishment for sure. And um, I guess uh, you know I got to a point where I was getting a little bored, and I decided I want to do something else. I also had gone through kind of a a big epic crash of of fate, if you will. Um, uh, I was doing really well, and then all of a sudden I wasn't doing so well. I found myself in debt, and <clears throat> sorry, debt, and uh, it just wasn't a very pleasant experience. And so when I rebounded from that, one of the things that I wanted to do is I wanted to help people kind of get out of this whole debt and earn to spend cycle. And so started doing some personal financial coach uh, coaching and uh, built that up. And then I got kind of tired of doing that because I was running around all the time and it wasn't the kind of business that I really wanted to be in. So I uh, started doing group coaching, and then that's kind of evolved into now I have an inner circle program where essentially I teach people how to, uh, if they're entrepreneurs or want to be entrepreneurs, how they can become entrepreneurs, how they can create products, how they can market themselves, and how they can get a, you know, a competitive advantage in the marketplace. That's great. And in order to start something like that, it is very helpful that you have something out there that is a tangible uh, that's tangible evidence of your journey. And your first book, which we talked about at length in the first two shows, is called Your 33-Day Money Action Guide. You want to tell us just a little bit about that? I know we'll talk about your new book here a little bit later, but this is really kind of how it started and, and how you launched this whole thing. What can people get from that? Sure. So uh, your 33-Day Money Action Plan is uh, it's a book that's kind of a it's a how-to manual, really. It, it basically takes you from wherever you are in your personal financial journey. You might be doing really well. You might be doing really poorly. It allows you to get a very objective look at what's going on in your finances using a system that I've kind of developed over the years. And uh, then it you know figure, uh, puts into a practical sense how you can then go about chipping away at the things maybe you didn't like too much uh, in your personal financial picture. And then maybe you can uh, enhance the things that you found that were going really well for you. So um, I would call it kind of like the bootstrapping part of the whole journey of, of financial freedom. Uh, so you're basically just saying, okay, things are a mess right now. Let's figure out where we are in the first place and let's pour a foundation so we can actually build the skyscraper that we're trying to build or the house that we're trying to build. Okay. That's that's fantastic. And this is a book – I mean I've read this book uh, and it's it's great. And, and one of the things that I really like about it is in the op- one of the opening chapters, you talk about writing everything down. And I'll tell you what. There is nothing more illuminating than actually throwing that big spotlight on all of your spending patterns to see where you are because if, if you're broke and you're not sure why – you're going to figure out real fast because you're spending money maybe on things that you should not be spending money and maybe not spending money on the things that you should be spending money on. Does that resonate? Yeah, I mean, you know, and one of the things that uh, that book uh, and, and the whole personal finance uh, image that I have, 
that has kind of been a little bit controversial or not controversial, but it's been a little confusing. I've gotten a couple of comments from people in the past that I, I guess they just didn't get where I was coming from. Uh, they were like, well, you know, uh, I don't want to be cheap. I don't want to watch every penny that I have. Um, you know, it, you know, I want to have a life. And I said, well, here's the thing. It's really about minimizing all the stuff that you don't want to be spending money on, the stuff that's not really important, getting rid of the waste, because uh, everybody's got a lot of that. And the more income you have, the more waste that you actually accumulate as a result. Uh, mm-hmm. But what I find is that sp- uh, spending money is actually um, – sometimes spending money is actually how you get yourself out of debt or how you get yourself to prosperity. Um, so it's not necessarily spending that's the problem. So most people say, okay, I'm spending too much, so the answer must be to not spend anything at all. But that can actually be a very expensive thing to do to yourself, and it can actually right. keep you running on that treadmill. Yeah, and in fact, and you and I have talked privately about this, the the people who are uber, uber successful and really, really rich aren't afraid to spend money on the right things, as we alluded to before. In fact, there's a big wealth secret that I would like for us to, to begin this discussion on. And really, uh, I heard you uh, have a discussion or, or you, you were on a call that I listened to. And you talked about income versus equity, where one people, most people tend to focus their attention versus where the really, really rich people tend to focus their attention on instead. Let's talk about the relationship between income and equity. All right, fine. So um, Brian's referring to a coaching call that I did for my Inner Circle members. And uh, essentially, income is exactly what the word says. It's incoming money. And so the problem with income is that it it always gets spent in one way or another. And and so you might be able to relate with that. But uh, regardless of how big your income becomes, income is money that comes in and goes right back out to something. That's all it can possibly do. So this is a big issue for the majority because you're trying to get rich and and financially free by focusing on income. So it's like, well, if I could just make six figures, if I could make seven figures and all that, and that's all well and fine as long as that income continues. In other words, as long as you continue to get cash flow from whatever it is that you're generating income from. And for most people, that's going to be a job or something like that. So if you go to work, you get a paycheck. Mm -hmm. If you don't go to work, you don't get a paycheck. Uh, The problem with income is it's taxed, and it's taxed really, really heavily. So every time you get that paycheck, 50% when when you add up all the taxes that you pay, roughly 50%, 40 50% is going to come out of that. So you're getting penalized essentially every time you take income. But most people are only aware of income. It's the only thing that they know. Um, But here's the thing. Um, uh, We'll talk about taxing the rich later, but – we got to draw a big line in the sand here between income and what I call equity or what it, what I more generally call wealth. So mm-hmm. wealth is something like, for example, uh, it's something that you can do once or you can buy once. Think of it as like a machine that can produce income for you or it can produce more equity. So to make that real concrete, for example, writing a book, you put a lot of effort in, you put a book together – And then now it can be sold over and over and over and over again until either the market says they don't want it anymore or until you're dead, whatever. It doesn't matter. The point is you're doing the work one time and continues on. You might buy a rental property, something uh, – investment real estate, something like that. You buy the property one time. Somebody helps you pay for it by paying you rent. And then eventually if the place is paid off or whatever, you continue to get you know, dividend payments. So that's the difference between income and equity. Equity is something that can continue to produce more money or more value for you. Uh, income is just going to come in and get spent. 
Yes. And uh, we are coming up against our first break. We've got about 30 seconds or so. My guest this week is Nathan W. Morris, and he is a financial and entrepreneurial expert. He's got a new book called The Art of Getting Money, which we will talk about a little later in the show. But uh, I, I found it so interesting that you started your business after reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That book has inspired a lot of people. And probably the most important part of this discussion we've had so far is that there's a huge difference between income and equity. Uh, most people think about earning a check at a job and making money. But the trick is you have to be physically present at that job in order to keep making money. And unless you're lucky enough to have sick time, if you're not there, you don't make money. But if you can build the machine that does that for you, a book, a rental property, vending uh, machines, or a whole host of other things, that can certainly make a big, big difference. And we are right up against our first break. Please come back after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Don't go away. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio, and we'll be back with more right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Did you know you can quickly grow your business online and offline for free? SmartGuy.com is one of the fastest growing business networks in the world. Managing over 600 city business networks from Los Angeles, California to the country of Bahrain. In just a minute or two, you can add your business and be quickly listed in their global business directory, local business networks, and get a free web page that can actually rank on top of major search engines in as little as one to two weeks. No kidding. Simply go to www.smartguy.com. Fill out your company information and you're set. So add your business for free and find out why everyone loves a smart guy. Smartguy.com. At Solave, we think a person's voice is the most powerful form of marketing, so that's what we want to invest in. While other companies spend billions on traditional marketing, we reward you for sharing Solave with your connections. We began with a simple idea. A single relationship has the power to make life better for many people. We took this idea and turned it into a company that can make commerce less expensive and even profitable for everyone. We've started with mobile phone service because it's something all of us already use and it's the technology connecting us every day. We put you in charge of what you pay for mobile service. Service. And simply making the switch to Solave is the first step to spending less. $49 a month for unlimited voice, text, and data. But it gets even better. You can earn money just for sharing Solave with others. As your network of connections grows, both through your actions and the actions of each person who joins because of you, you can quickly be paying nothing for your mobile service and even make a profit every month. Visit us online at www.social-commerce-now.com to learn more and join the Solave revolution. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. 
And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio, and my very special guest this week is Nathan W. Morris. In the last segment, we talked about the difference between income and equity, how most people see one versus how rich people see the other. And we alluded uh, in the last segment, Nathan, to the idea of taxation. Not only is there a huge difference between income and equity, but there's an even bigger difference between how those are taxed. Let's talk about that. Sure. So um, one of the things that's very common and uh, people that are familiar with Kiyosaki stuff, a lot of the stuff at first is going to kind of sound like a rehash of that, but it's really not. Um, so basically the problem is, is that a lot of people want to tax the wealthy. Well, there's a problem with that is because they're confusing two different terms here, income tax and wealth tax. So uh, income, like we said, that's what you get in a paycheck. Now, most wealthy people uh, most wealth has already been taxed or is untaxable for some reason. So what I mean by that is, is uh, you know, Warren Buffett, for example, is one of the richest men in the world right now, and uh, he has enormous wealth. Okay, that doesn't mean that he gets a paycheck for billions of dollars a year or anything like that. What mm. that means is that he owns something that is worth those billions of dollars that he is worth. So we were talking earlier about equity as being something like a book or a piece of intellectual property, um, a rental property, uh, shares of a company, things like this. Um, you know, there is no tax on, like for example, my book. There's no tax on the book itself. There is tax on what I make off of the book, but I could have as many of those books as I want, and the government cannot tax those things as they are. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. So the problem is everyone wants to tax the wealthy. Well, if you try to do that, the only thing you're going to be able to do is to put to levy a bigger and bigger income tax. Well, you know, some of these CEOs and stuff, they don't actually take an income because they don't need to because they're really only worried about growing their wealth. So um, we'll talk a little bit more about what that looks like in a business sense because a lot of business owners, you know, they think that they're building wealth, but what they're really building is income and I, I don't want to dig into that just yet, so I'm going to let you. Uh, I'm going to turn it back to you for a second, Brian. Okay, that sounds great. Well, obviously, uh, the whole point of of building wealth is to build a high net worth. That means you have a lot of equity and a lot of things. Uh, would you say that really is the true measure of wealth? Um, you know, it's a good accounting figure uh, for people to say, "Well, I'm, I have a million dollar net worth," and and usually they'll throw in a bunch of junk, uh, including like the primary residence, which. It's really not a form – I mean it is a form of wealth, but it's really not because you gotta, you got to live there and you can't liquidate it. You can't mm – -hmm. it doesn't make you money. Really, wealth is, or wealth or an asset that I would count towards your wealth is something that's going to continue to make you money um, or mm -hmm. that you can generate an income off of. So back to the machine example, really what wealth is about is time. How much free time can you have or how little do you have to work because of these machines essentially printing money for you? Yeah, I love that. I read a quote one time. You reminded me of that by saying wealth is about time. And I cannot remember who said it, but I was browsing through a book at Barnes & Noble one day. This was a couple years ago. But the quote went something along the lines of the rich spend money to get time and the poor spend time to get money, to save money, which I found to be very, very profound. It is very say, profound. Oh, let me say perfect. that again. Yeah, let me say that again. Wealthy people spend money to save time. Poor people spend time to save money. 
that that is profound because we can all make more money. We just can't ever make more time. It, we all have the same amount of time. And I love the whole idea of you liking it to a machine. There's another analogy that I, I really like that you talk about. It's the whole idea of the goose laying the golden egg. What? How does that uh, fit into the income versus equity analogy? Yeah, it's another great way to, uh, to illustrate it. Um, essentially, most people are most interested in the golden eggs, okay? So this is your income or whatever. They want that stuff. They want the big payday or whatever. Uh, I'm personally more interested in the golden goose. And so um, I'm not a theorist on this stuff. I've done this stuff for years and, and not in selling, making money, information or anything like that. Um, one of my websites is, uh, you can look it up if you want. It's h22swap.com. It's an old website that I did. It's for Honda enthusiasts. It probably doesn't mean anything to 99% of your listeners, but essentially what I did is about 10 years ago, I wrote this manual on how to do this hobby project. And basically, it's an engine swap from one kind of Honda to another. Now, that is a golden goose to me. It's a business that consists of basically two documents. It consists of a web page that, that sells the book, and it consists of the book itself. Now, when people come to that, they put in their information, they pay their money, and then the software kicks back a copy of the book. So essentially what I've got there is I've got a golden goose. That website, that document is going to produce a certain amount of income for me every single month, and it has for 10 years. Um, and that's just a, that's not a making money product. That's not a guru product or anything like that. It's just a product that I, that I did 10 years ago and for something that I was interested in. Um, recently, uh, we were talking about time and, and, and buying time and all that kind of stuff. Um, I was recently working on something for NathanWMorris.com, which essentially what I wanted to be able to do, and it's really not important what I was doing, just understand the concept. Uh, I, I wanted to be able to add my new VIP inner circle members to an email list so I could follow up with them and let them know when coaching calls were and things like that. And I wanted that to be a really automated process. Unfortunately, the, the cart software I was using to do all my payments and stuff, it didn't support that. So I needed to get it made. It didn't exist out on the open market. So I went and I hired someone to make this piece of software. Now, what I wound up doing is I wound up taking that piece of software, which is a, it's a software plugin, uh, made a, a sales page again that sells that plugin. And uh, so my objective with doing all of that was really uh, I wanted, first of all, to save myself a lot of time. So if, if let's say the plugin cost me a couple hundred dollars, um, a normal business owner or a normal person would look at that and say, man, it's a couple hundred dollars just for that. And they would be dumbfounded by it and they'd just be like, well, you know what, we could just put it in. So they're going to they're gonna spend their time to save that money. Okay. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. Every minute that I spend doing that, every hour that I spend doing that, I'm not out trying to figure out ways to get more customers in the door. I'm not figuring out how to write another book that's going to bring in more customers, but it's also going to bring in more money. I'm not doing the things that really matter to the business and that are really going to build wealth. So the first reason I did it was for the time. But the other thing was I said, hey, you know what? If I want it, there's probably somebody else out there that wants it. So I put it up in, in about three minutes after I paid for the thing. I had put up the website about a day before, but in three minutes, and I mean, that's still mind-boggling to me. In three minutes, I had already gotten an order, and in two days, the entire thing was paid for itself. And uh, I think this year, it's probably not going to be worth a huge amount of money because it's a tiny little niche. But I mean, it'll probably be worth an extra ten grand, and that's, I mean, that's money, right? I mean, yeah. I'm excited yeah. about it because it only took a couple hours to do, but that's another golden goose. It's another thing that I don't have to put any money or time or energy into now. It's set up, and it's just going to do what it's going to do. Yeah, and let's not miss something that you just 
said, not only did you pay someone to develop this plugin for you, but you negotiated the resale rights so that you had all the rights to it. You could resell it. You could use it however you wish. And the guy got paid his fee, and he's done. It's your baby, and you are using it to make money. That's a great, great business lesson, Nathan. Yeah, I mean, it was just uh, it was one of those things that I knew to do just because I've been doing this for so long. There are just so many different models and so many different little things that you learn along the way that you're like, oh, you know, I could probably make some money doing that or I could do, you know, later on. And you learn these lessons and at the time they don't seem that important. But later on down the road, you know, they lead to the aha moment of, oh, yeah, I should probably ask for the, re- the resale rights. And, uh, you know, this developer was like, sure, I'll let you have them. I don't care. I mean, yeah. he, I mean, I didn't, yeah. he didn't charge me any more for it, and he was yeah. totally happy. He was totally happy because he probably didn't want to take the time to sell it anyway because he didn't really have a vested interest in it beyond creating it and making his money from it. Whereas you do have a vested interest because you're going to use it forever, theoretically. Exactly. Okay, so let's let's talk about something else that's also very important. I know Kiyosaki talks about this. I know that you talk about this, and we've got three minutes to our break. Let's talk about the idea of using leverage to save money, to save time, to build wealth. Sure. Well, quickly, I, we, we, only, we probably only have time uh, to make a distinction here, which is uh, I think Kiyosaki and a number of other writers have said that leverage is debt. Um, personally, I hate debt. I like starting businesses from basically nothing um, and then building them and building them on themselves. So, for example, uh, my, my way of doing things is you start out with as little as possible um, you go out and get some customers using as little money as possible, and then you take the money you get from them and you snowball it into getting more and more customers as you go along. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about that process and what it looks like in a, after the break, but um, you know that's how you slay Goliath. You don't need millions of dollars, or you only take out all this debt to start a business. You just got to figure out. Uh, you know, there are always there are always ways. There's always a model out there uh, to start what you want to do. With basically no money, and and it could be literally no money, um, but you know under five grand easily. In fact, five grand is a pretty generous budget for most of the stuff that I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's really great, and I love the the thing that you just said about reinvesting the money that you've earned back into the business. Most people just want to take that money out, pay some debt down, go buy a car you know, take a vacation or whatnot, but you use the money that you make and reinvest it and, and explain very briefly the idea of snowballing that into something bigger. We've got less than two minutes to the break. Well, I mean, you know, let's say for example, that you're going to buy, uh, you're going to buy some advertising, maybe Google AdWords or something like that. Um, you know, I can go out and maybe buy a customer for my H22 swap site. Uh, let's say it's going to cost me 30 bucks to make the sale. Well, I got to take $30 Mm -hmm. and buy some customers. Well, now I got a customer and let's say I make $30 $30 on that. Well, now I can go out and buy two of them if I'd like. Um, and then I can do, you know, and it's exponential growth after that. And after a couple iterations, you know, we're throwing off a lot of money that I can mm-hmm. go out and buy massive advertising if I'd like, or it might get to a point where um, I can't get any more customers. I've saturated, you know, the advertising market or whatever. I, I'm getting as many people or it's becoming too expensive to get more people. Um, and maybe at that point, the profit I'm going to, now I'm going to take it as income and pay taxes on it. But before that, I never had to pay any taxes on any of that. So that's another important detail we'll talk about. That's really great. And we are coming very close to our next break. And we are talking with Nathan W. Morris. We're talking about the difference between income and equity. We're talking about uh, net worth. We're talking about how wealth really is time and your ability to have more of it. And I'll tell you what, the whole idea of building a machine or building a 
a business that spins income off to you and then reinvesting that to make even more money is a really, really fantastic idea. And all the wealthy people know how to do this. So we will come right back after the break and we'll begin talking about the book, The Art of Getting Money. Stay with us. mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio, and we'll be back with more right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Energy Saving Solutions' innovative double green plan enables you to switch to energy-efficient LEDs and other modern lighting with no upfront cost. Modern LEDs are far more efficient than other types of lighting, but for many businesses, schools, and nonprofit organizations, the reason for sticking with the old inefficient lighting is the cost of replacing them. While an old-fashioned incandescent bulb may cost a dollar, LED costs $30 or more, and that's why Energy Saving Solutions has designed our double green plan. Double green allows you to convert to LEDs with no out-of-pocket cost. We'll pay for your new lights, and you'll pay us back with a percentage of your savings. From the very first day that your new LEDs are lighting your life, you'll realize a positive cash flow, and you'll be doing something positive for our environment. For a free cost and energy savings analysis, call Joshua May at 888-620-8133, extension 7082, or visit us online at www.energysavingindustry.com. If you love Christmas, this is your show. It's Show Me Decorating with the Christmas decorating experts, Becky McCraney and Kathy Harrison. Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Becky and Kathy of Show Me Decorating are out to save the world from ugly Christmas trees. You can get rescued today by purchasing the Show Me Decorating tree trimming app for only $2.99. Available from the App Store, at iTunes, and on ShowMeDecorating.com. Each week, we invite you to join us here on the Rockstar Radio Network and come feel the glitter and spend a little time with these ladies in their exotic Texas draw as they share their enthusiasm for Christmas decorating. So be here Tuesday mornings to learn from the real designers, industry experts, and guest artists in the Christmas biz that will surprise and inspire you. It's Show Me Decorating with the Christmas decorating experts, Becky McCraney and Kathy Harrison. Tuesday mornings at 10 a.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Nathan W. Morris. And if you do want to call in and talk about any of the things that we've discussed so far, that call-in number is 866-404-6519. Once again, that is 866-404-6519. And Nathan has a new book coming out. It's called The Art of Getting Money. What an intriguing title. How did you pick that title? What's the book about? What's the premise of the book? Well, the the, uh, the title is actually based off of the book that it was originally. Okay, so essentially, uh, about two years ago, I stumbled across this kind of dusty, forgotten book by uh, P.T. Barnum of all people. And uh, P.T. Barnum is uh, probably one of the most well-known businessmen of the late nineteenth and early twentieth century. 
Uh, definitely one of the greatest promoters of all time. Uh, he's been quoted as saying that there's a sucker born every minute, but that's actually not true at all. Um, I kind of <laughs> I love when I hear uh, professional speakers and people that ought to know better that should have checked their facts uh, hmm. quoting that one. But uh, he never said it. Um, in fact, if anything, he would have said there's a customer born every minute. He genuinely believed in giving people value for money. Um, he was certainly a, a master of hype for sure. So, you know, let's not take that away from him. Um, but, you know, he used it very well to pack his circuses and everything else. And another interesting fact about him is that he started the circus that everybody knows him. Uh, for when he was 61 years old. So it's uh, never too late to uh, get started. 61 uh, years old? Yeah, yeah. I, I thought I that was pretty incredible. I did not know that. Yeah, he, you know, he's a full, he's full of, he's a full of character. Um, one of the things I love about him is uh, he was put in jail at one point, and he wasn't put in jail for doing anything wrong, really. He was actually put in jail for, uh, for calling out the local uh, ministry people uh, for, uh, uh, I guess it's usury or usury. I, I should actually know how to pronounce that, but I don't. Um, anyway, loan sharking basically is what he accused them of in, in his own little paper. And, uh, that was not thought too well of by the uh, powers that be. So they put him in jail. And, uh, so jail was different then. So he actually didn't just go to jail. He, uh, had decorators come in, put wallpaper on the walls, uh, huh. brought in a nice comfy chair, had people come meet him while he was there. But the best part is when he left, he, he scheduled an entire parade to parade him back to his place, um, made a big publicity event of it, and basically just stuck his middle finger up to everybody. It was quite quite fantastic, um, I can imagine. So um, anyway, so he wrote this book called The Art of Money Getting. Um, and it's a great book, but the problem with it was uh, the, the language was very dated. Um, a lot of the examples were just so – uh, so time frame specific that they just didn't mean anything to anybody. And, and, and for the average reader, I just felt like, you know, it's a shame that this wonderful uh, uh, collection of wisdom that basically Barnum was writing to uh, young men starting in their career or whatever, and he just wanted to give them some good, solid money advice uh, on how they could become successful. And uh, he wrote this book and, it, you know, it was just sitting on the shelf and, you know, it's out there in the public domain or whatever. So I'm like, all right. Well, why don't we rewrite this thing? So I went through and rewrote it so that it's a more modern, accessible language, uh, took the examples that he did, actually had to do some research to figure out what in the world he was on about in the first place. And uh, we got uh, we replaced those examples so that it was all nice and uh, understandable. And I said, wow, you know, this is really incredible now that you can you know, fully understand what he was what he was talking about. And then I got really excited and I said, you know what, these, these topics are great, to, you know, just to expand upon. And there's so much that, um, you know, from my own experiences and from the experiences of others that we could put in here and just make this book like amazing. So uh, at the end of every chapter, I added my own commentary. Um, so about 60% of the book or so is actually my own original writings, uh, basically using P.T. Barnum's work as a launching pad for that discussion um, yes. to teach people about you know ways that they can get ahead in their career, ways they can differentiate themselves in the marketplace, ways um, that they need to think about money uh, that may not be too terribly apparent to most people, including a lot of so-called financial experts. Yeah, that is, that is absolutely amazing. I mean, just, just to know that he was such a master of hype and promotion uh, should be motivation enough for people who are selling or are promoting uh, that they should want to get their hands on this book. And while I'm thinking about it, where can we get our hands on this book? I'll let you give that later on too. But while I'm thinking about it, why don't you just tell us real quick, where can we find this? 
Sure. So um, I actually uh, have not published it yet. Um, it is ready to be published, but it's not out yet. So okay. what I did for you guys uh, is I went ahead and put up some free chapters of the book. So if you'll head over to Nathan W. Morris, that's N-A-T-H-A-N-W-M-O-R-R-I-S dot com forward slash chapters. So C-H-A-P-T-E-R-S. NathanWMorris.com forward slash chapters, and you can get the uh, the forward, the first chapter, my commentary, and it's about 34 pages or so of the book uh, that you can go ahead and check out. It's kind of a sneak peek, behind-the-scenes look. It's not even completely 100% perfect as it is off being printed right now. Uh, okay. But nonetheless, uh, go to the website, get it, and uh, there's some other stuff we'll talk about. Great. Is there? Does that mean then that they will be on a waiting list to be notified when your book is done? Uh, yeah, so when they sign up, uh, I ask for their name and email address, too, so I can let them know when the pre-order opens, which should be probably next week sometime. Um, and then after the pre-order, they'll also probably get a notice that says, hey, it's available on Amazon, it's available at Barnes & Noble, and so forth. That's great. That's great. So let's discuss a few of the topics that you touch on in this book. And you've let me read it. You, you gave me an advanced copy, and I'll tell you what, this is really, really amazing stuff. If anybody wants to read a really good book on success and building wealth through the eyes of someone who's done it, i.e. P.T. Barnum and, of course, my friend Nathan, this is something that you've got to read. It's, it's amazing. So let's talk, first of all, about personal economy. You spend some time early on the book talking about personal economy and what that looks like. Sure. Uh, so P.T. Barnum gives a really good illustration. It's something that I had for years been trying to explain to people in a very succinct way, uh, but he does it so well. And, and what he talks about, he tells a story about a at the time it was a $30,000 sofa. Now I adjust it or whatever. It's about $750,000 sofa, if you could imagine that. And mm-hmm. so what it was is uh, this. he says, you know, a lot of people misunderstand economy in various ways, and he talks about how, for example, uh, some people believe that they're very wise in turning the thermostat down. That's the the modern day example that I give. You know, turn the thermostat down to sixty two degrees in the winter time, and we'll save some money. But meanwhile, they live in a house that's way too big, so it doesn't matter how much thrift they exercise in their day to day life. Their mortgage payment, the insurance on that, the uh, extra heating, cooling costs and stuff like that is what's actually ripping the, ca- the carpet out from underneath them. Well, anyway, so he uh, tells this story of the $30,000 sofa. I'll tell it kind of how he told it. And he basically says that this guy that he knows becomes incredibly prosperous just suddenly. And he says that there's no more dangerous time in a man's life than when he becomes prosperous suddenly. And I can, I can relate to that because when mm-hmm. I became prosperous in my early 20s, um, I went out and spent money like it was going out of style too. So anyway, so this guy goes out and he gets his wife a sofa and he thinks no harm done. It's a pretty expensive sofa, but it was like 500 bucks or something like that. You know, so he's like, I'll get her the nice sofa. No big deal. She'll shut up. She'll leave me alone and, uh, happy, you know, happy wife, happy house. Right. So the problem is, is that once the sofa gets there, they notice that, uh, it just looks out of place. Because it's such a nice sofa, and they've got this other stuff laying around, you know, that's kind of old. And so now they got to get the new end tables, and then eventually they got to get new wallpaper, and then there's a new rug. And then, you know, next thing you know, the house itself is too plain for the sofa and for all this hmm. fancy furniture. So they go out and buy this other house. And he says, you know, truth be told, that sofa, that thing has nearly brought me to bankruptcy. So he's, wow. he's very, uh, graphically depicting the danger sometimes of one status purchases, for example. So, you know, if you're wearing a Rolex, 
it's very it's a little out of play. Well, let's say you're wearing something more expensive, like a Frank Mueller or something like that. If you're wearing a really high end piece of jewelry, it looks a little weird when you're wearing some you know raggedy shorts and a and a you know stained T-shirt or whatever. So you know right. you feel like you have to buy more stuff or whatever. I talk about uh, a modern day example is. Uh, a young couple that get some china for a wedding gift. They didn't even buy the thing. Um, but then you know, they realize, oh, we're missing a few pieces, so we got to go buy that. And then, oh, well, we got to have a china cabinet to put it in. So they buy the china cabinet. And then they go to buy a house, and they're like, well, we got to have a place to put the china cabinet, so we got to get a formal dining room. And we're never going to step into it, but it's 15, 20 grand on top of the house. And so it just kind of snowballs from there. So he talks a lot about really cool stuff like that. Um, I've totally lost my tra- my train of thought just thinking about it. So there you go. Well, there you go. Well, you you did you did great. I I love that. Just the whole idea of trying to keep up with your neighbors and the, the thing that struck me the most about what you just said is getting prosperous suddenly can be very dangerous. I think of people who win the lottery or the Powerball. They win, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars potentially and they don't know what to do with it. And I've I've heard that there are studies where people who suddenly became very wealthy lose it because they don't know what silly things that you're not going to need and not going to use and things that don't appreciate. So I totally, totally understand and appreciate that. So uh, let's, we've got a couple minutes to our next break. Let's talk, we talked very briefly earlier in the show about how spending money is not necessarily a bad thing. In fact, it can be a good thing if it's spent on all the right things. So are you saying that spending, all spending is not created equal? Yeah. And, and Barnum touches on it too, but um, so modern day example, it's really easy to get. Um, a lot of us don't want to buy prevention, for example. Uh, so I, I did some consulting work for a doctor's office, and, and they really didn't want to invest in a proper uh, backup system for their office. Now, unfortunately, uh, you know, the worst happened, and uh, they lost all of their data, uh, and it cost probably almost hundred grand by the time all said was done between staff time and uh, lost appointments and other stuff. Uh, when the backup system would have maybe been five hundred dollars on the on the uh, the ultra expensive side uh, for their particular situation, that is. So you know there are a lot of times in in business and in our personal lives that we try not to spend money. So I, when I did financial coaching, I'd be talking to somebody and they'd say, "Well, you know, I can't afford uh, right now to pay you. Uh, so how you know how am I going to get your help and all that?" And I'm like, "Listen, you know." Um, you're you're clearly not getting where you need to go right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I want you to understand that there is a return on investment. It's kind right. of going back to that plug-in example. You know, sometimes, yes. you know, buying somebody's expertise, for example, like my CPA's expertise is not an expense yep. in the sense of like if yes. I went and spent too much at the movie theater. So there you go. And we are right up against our break. We'll come right back. This is Success Profiles Wider. Please don't go away. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio, and we'll be back with more right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network.
Looking for the perfect destination in Costa Rica, Panama, or Thailand? Concerned about the economy and looking for an escape plan? Then you need to go to escapeartist.com and learn how you can live, work, invest, retire, or do business overseas. Escape Artist has the perfect plan for you. Join our 400,000 readers and get your free subscription to Escape from America magazine. Visit www.escapefromamerica.com and create your escape plan right now. Are you yearning to connect with those close to you who have passed on? Do you feel you'd be more at peace or more in balance in your life if you could only have that connection? Now you do. It's time for Alex Laws and the Alex Laws Hour. Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Alex discovered an incredible balance that allowed him to listen and receive messages from the other side. Not your traditional psychic medium. Alex has spent the last 27 years as an endurance athlete and entrepreneur. At the core of Alex's abilities is his knowing that in order to open one's soul to the universe, one must open their heart to being authentic. The wisdom Alex has shared from those beyond the veil has helped at an international level and changed people's lives and sometimes, too, their direction in life. Need help with your life or business direction? Tap into the spiritual realm of Alex Laws. For more information, check out alexlaws.com. Then join us for the Alex Laws Hour with Alex Laws. Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central, here on The Rock. Star Radio Network. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio on the Rockstar Radio Network. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is our final segment. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest is Nathan W. Morse, and he wrote a book called The Art of Getting Money, which is coming out very, very soon. Let's talk about the importance of context. You may, you and I may have the same skill set, but if you're using those skills differently, you can make a whole lot more money than I am or vice versa. Let's talk about that. You've got a very specific example in mind. Yeah, so um, in the book, actually, Barnum talks about the importance of location and, and a number of other things in your career. And he talks about it in the sense of a physical location, or at least that's what you would think when you first read it, because he basically meets a showman that he's doing pretty well, but he's not doing nearly as well as he would be if maybe he came to America. Uh, and Barnum says, you know, you got to come to America or whatever. But the, the showman also understands that by being in the presence of Barnum, in other words, by associating with Barnum and being in a in a place that's kind of constructed, that he can actually improve his sales and improve his career. So uh, one of the things that that kind of is really controversial, and I get in fights with people over this all the time, and it's not that I'm fighting with them, it's that they fight with me. And it's it's kind of funny to me because I've done it so many times that it just it's a shame that people sell themselves so short. And uh, I just want to encourage everybody to to listen to what I'm saying here um, and not let it offend you. But what it is is that at the end of the day, you get to choose where you perform your services. And what I mean by that is both location. So maybe if you're in a place where there aren't a lot of jobs, move. Simply move uh, or go somewhere where you would prefer to be if you don't like where you're at. But there's a lot more to place than that. It's the con- the context in which you sell something. So let me give you an example. For example, a school teacher, we all know they don't make a whole lot of money. My wife's a school teacher. 
So uh, in the state of North Carolina, where we live, uh, there are only one or two ways that a teacher can make more money. They can go back to school and get a master's degree or something like that. They can get their national boards or they can teach for longer. And that's basically it. And at the end of the day, there's a few percentage point pay raise that's going to be offered to them. That's it. Now, in a different context, the same skill set, let's say tutoring, private tutoring, can be significantly more valuable. Within tutoring, it can be a very big difference between putting up a poster at the at the local supermarket that says tutoring ten dollars an hour, versus what we've done for my wife is is we've actually gone through a whole sales process so that parents see testimonial letters from glowing testimonial letters from from the many children that she works with and and frankly we have testimonies from both the the kids and from the parents um, mm-hmm. and you know that displays that she's not just another tutor that she actually gets results and all that right mm-hmm. and right. then we go on to you know we talk about her qualifications but we talk about what she really does for the kids and so we construct this thing and we're going to put together a book for her so that she can be perceived more as an expert and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. so today Brian I said you know people get in fights with me over this this idea of the fact that you can charge way more than your competitors by simply changing the place. So in my case, I've done it by, if you look at the h22swap.com site, the other 1,000 pages in Google that I compete with, they offer basically the same information for free. I charge $50 and actually have a package that goes up to $100 and people pay me for it every single day. And it's not like they don't know about the other options. Um, in consulting, there are clients that pay me up to, up to $23,000 for a single project, uh, which is really about a one day of my time. And they know it's totally worth it, but my com- nearest competitors might be, um, in fact, in one particular industry I was playing in, my nearest competitors were free to $2,000 at the very most. I was $23,000 to the same customers. They were buying from those other people, but they were like, you know, Nathan's totally worth it. And it was because of placement and of strategic positioning right so today i uh, actually had a friend that was talking about he works in a camera shop and he says you know with the advancements in technology it's so easy for people to uh to just you know come in and, and get this great equipment and then they're they're taking business away from real genuine photographers people that actually know what they're doing and i said well listen you know they're always going to be you know the timex buyer and the rolex buyer so they're going to be people that just want photographs there are going to be people that just want a watch. But then there are going to be people that, for whatever reason, they're willing to spend $5,000 on wedding portraits or they're willing to spend $5,000 on a Rolex watch, even though at, at, at core they simply are a watch or they simply are photographs. And I said, so what, this is actually good news because the, the amateur, the, you know, the person that's putting up the tear tag tutoring sign at the, the – the grocery store or the amateur photographer who's doing, you know, $200 gigs or whatever, they can soak up all the people that don't really care about that service or that thing. They don't value what makes it what it is. The same as if I just need a watch, I can go get a Timex and not think anything of it. If I really value craftsmanship and like what it, the status symbol or whatever, I might want the Rolex. Um, And so I'm like, you know, they can soak up all that stuff. That's fine. But the guy that decides to charge what he's worth Yes. And figures out how to do that and how to position himself to attract those fees. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really not all that difficult. I teach my inner circle members how to do it. I teach people, you know, that follow me on Twitter and stuff. And I'm gearing that up more because I haven't taught that in the past, really. But I am now. Um, yeah. And it's it's totally doable for anyone. And you really ought to be getting what you deserve. 
Yeah. Is it fair to say that charging higher prices will yield you a better customer? Is that a fair statement? You know, um, here's the thing. When I was getting $23,000 checks um, from these, you know, when I get a $23,000 check, I should say, uh, when those things happen, that customer is no more complicated than the person who spent, uh, I used to sell videos on cell phone modification for 10 bucks. You know, some of those people were more of a pain in my butt than, you know, the person that's given me fifteen, twenty thousand dollars uh, So it, it doesn't actually go up exponentially with what you get. Uh, you typically do have a much more serious uh, person. Uh, so, you know, I don't really give away things for free. I don't, uh, I don't charge low prices on things just to get more people in the door because to me, I'd rather invest in the person that has a lot of skin in the game and for whatever reason that thing is really important to them, and they really want to get the best that they can possibly get. And I want to be able to give them as much of my time and energy as possible. Yeah, and I think the serious customer does properly value your time and your expertise. So you should be you know, getting what you're paying for. And if you are good at what you do and you can justify it, then by all means, seek out the people who know what they're doing. It costs less to get it done right the first time that does to have it redone five or six times absolutely absolutely so let's talk about the value of perseverance this is a chapter in in your book and we've got five minutes till the end so you talk about really the whole principle of how badly do you really really want something yeah i mean bartum talks about how you know you need to make sure that you're right about what you're doing first in other words don't be chasing a complete pipe dream but you really need to be in a situation where you know that you're right about what you're doing. It's the right thing for you to do. And you may not get results right away. It may not be exactly how you dreamed it would always be initially. I mean, anytime you start a new venture, a new business, or you try to do something new, it's going to take some time. There's going to be a bit of a learning curve. But the important thing is that you've got to want it as badly as you want to breathe, to quote one of my, uh, one, one of my favorite motivational speakers, Eric Thomas. Uh, and I actually I gave him a plug in my book. But um, he talks about this story where this guy goes to this guru and he wants to learn how to be successful. And essentially the guru takes him to the beach and they start walking in the water and he keeps telling the kid, you know, he says, come a little further, come a little further. And uh, finally gets to a point where, you know, he's almost about to go under and the guru says, just come just a little bit further. And the guy's like, you got, you're out of your mind. And so he, he, he takes the, the step of the leap of faith, if you will, and the guru just dunks him under the water, you know, rewards him kindly. And uh, he holds him there until he's just about to pass out. And right when he starts to feel the guy start to, you know, give up his struggle, or whatever, he pulls him back up. And, you know, he says to him, he says, when you were under the water, what did you want to do? And he says, I wanted to breathe. And he said, exactly. When you want to succeed as badly as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. Mm. And when he tells that story, he tells it so much better than I do. Um, you know, it's just it's a it's a hugely valuable illustration to understand that a lot of times when you and Brian you've talked about this before when you get to that that critical moment when you could have been successful when things mm -hmm. could have worked out a lot of people turn around at that point and they just give up yeah if they just yeah. gone that little bit further they would have found everything everything that they ever ever dreamed possible wow that's great let's talk about one more topic before I ask my last question let's talk about modeling successful people Modeling successful people. All right. So here's the thing. Uh, if you want a wheel, you can go out and uh, start thinking really hard and trying to figure out how to build a wheel for the first time ever. Or you could just, I don't know, go buy a wheel or you could just go get a wheel. 
Um, so what's funny to me is that we all have this tendency. We all want to like reinvent everything. And we think that, you know, to start this new business or to do something big that we got to be completely original and completely unique. And the reality is, is that it's impossible to be unique and are completely original. There's nothing under the new under the sun and I can prove it every time. I mean, my best example is star Wars is a Western in space. Okay. It was a phenomenon despite the fact that it wasn't at all original. So modeling successful mm-hmm. people, uh, you know, if there's a model out there, uh, for me, I'm going to go buy the model, get the model, copy the model, whatever I got to do, because I don't want to go through all the headache of trying to figure out how to get to where I want to go. I just want to look at someone who's doing what I want to do, figure it out, what they're doing, and mm-hmm. then more or less borrow it. I mean, it's called creative stealing. It's not theft unless you're like taking it word for word or, you know, whatever, you're ripping them off. But like, you know, if you think about every Hollywood movie that's ever been made, for example, yes, you know, every chick flick is predictable. It's a formula. So yes. there's a formula for success. There's a formula for business success in whatever industry you're in. There's, a, a, there's an overarching business formula for success. Yes. Uh, and, and the better that you can learn what that formula looks like and the more that you can model it in your own business or in your own career, your own life, mm-hmm. the faster you can get there. Otherwise, you can spend your entire life yep. trying to make your own model. What's the point? You're right. Okay, we got about a minute to the end. Very quickly, who inspires and motivates you, Nathan? Um, you know, Brian, I think I said it last time, and I'm going to say it again because it's mm-hmm. it's really important. Um, it sounds cheesy, but my wife is definitely yeah. one of the most motivating, uh, encouraging people in my life. And it's not, you know, it's not necessarily who she is and all that 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 does it. It's the fact that, you know, that's somebody who's relying on me and someone who I can feel like I am loving on by by doing what what I need to do in my life. Okay. It kind of gives me a, a reason for being, you know, and I think okay. everyone needs to have that in somebody, okay. whether it be their child or their mother, father, their community, whatever. Okay. Uh, in my case, it happens to be, you know, my clients and, and my wife. I want to do whatever I can for them uh, to make them better. And it makes me better. Great. 15 seconds to the end. How can we get a hold of you again? NathanWMorris.com, Twitter at NathanWMorris, and most importantly, if you want to get the chapters and kind of look and kind of get a feel for that, NathanWMorris.com forward slash chapters, and there's some more information there that you're probably going to want to get, so go there. Great. Thank you so much, Nathan, for being a wonderful guest once again, and we will come back next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we will be back with another fantastic episode. You can connect with me on Twitter at Mr. Brian K. Wright. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can find my Facebook fan page, Success Profiles Radio. Thank you so much for joining us today. You have a wonderful, wonderful week. Take care. Each week, we'll-